Psalms Stories, a podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they have encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratier Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. In 1797, William Carey had not yet baptized his first convert. He recorded a conversation that he had with a Brahmin during that time. He explained using Acts 14.16 and 17.30 that God formerly suffered all nations to walk in their own ways, but now commendeth all men everywhere to repent. The Brahmin responded, saying, Indeed, and I think God ought to repent for not sending the gospel sooner to us. This was the Brahmin's way of saying that he did not believe Carrie's message. Essentially, he meant, If what you say is true, why have I not heard of it before? But listen to what Carrie said in response. Suppose a kingdom had been long overrun by the enemies of its true king, and he, though possessed of sufficient power to conquer them, should yet suffer them to prevail and establish themselves as much as they could desire, would not the valor and wisdom of that king be far more conspicuous in exterminating them than it would have been if he had opposed them at first and prevented their entering the country? Thus, by the diffusion of gospel light, the wisdom, power, and grace of God will be more conspicuous in overcoming such deep-rooted idolatries and in destroying all the darkness and vice that have so universally prevailed in this country than they would have been if all had not been suffered to walk in their own ways for so many ages past. Now, here is an answer that you may have never heard before, but what Carrie essentially says are two things. At one time, it pleased God to keep back the gospel from India. And number two, God had his reasons for doing so. It was for his own glory to allow India to sink deep into corruption and then rescue it. The gospel today shines brightly in India, as it does in many countries. And as we read the stories of missionaries throughout history, we find that their faith is often expressed and rooted and bolstered by our songs of the faith. We've already had a few episodes that featured those stories. For example, the story of John Morant and the hymn, My God, the Spring of All My Joys. That's season two. And then more recently, Reginald Heber, who also was in India and wrote the hymn, From Greenland's Icy Mountains. And also the story of William Carey and his efforts to begin a mission society. Today we'll visit another missionary and another hymn that was useful to his soul on the field. O thou from whom all goodness flows. O thou from whom all goodness flows was written by Thomas Hoyce in 1791. It was a help to the soul of Henry Martin, a missionary to India and Persia. Martin was born in Truro, Cornwall in 1781. After years of service on the mission field, at the age of 31, he was traveling from India toward Turkey through Iran. He passed through the cities of Bashir, Shiraz, 
Isfahan, and Tabriz. Martin was seized with fever en route, and arriving in the city of Tokat, he was compelled to stop. The problem was, there was a plague raging in that city. On October 16, 1812, he died. He was remembered for his courage, selflessness, and his religious devotion. Henry Martin referred to this hymn twice in connection with some of his deepest experiences in his missionary work. On August 23, 1811, he described speaking to the Mullah Aga Mohammed Hassan. He said he was a very sensible, candid man and a man who has nothing to find fault with in Christianity except the divinity of Christ. Here's what he said. It is this doctrine which exposes me to the contempt of the learned Mohammedans, in whom it is difficult to say whether pride or ignorance predominates. Their sneers are more difficult to bear than the brickbats which the boys sometimes throw at me. However, both are an honor to which I am not worthy. How many times in the day have I occasion to repeat the words, If on my face, for thy dear name, shame and reproaches be, all hell reproach and welcome shame, if thou remember me. On the 12th of June, 1812, the scene is repeated. One of the religious leaders in Persia said to him, You had better say, God is God, and Muhammad is the prophet of God. But Martin replied, God is God, and Jesus is the Son of God. They were fiercely angered and cried out in wrath and contempt, and one said, What will you say when your tongue is burnt out for this blasphemy? Thus Martin reported, I walked away alone to my tent to pass the rest of the day in heat and dirt. What have I done, thought I, to merit all this scorn? Nothing, I trust, but bearing testimony to Jesus. I thought over these things in prayer and found that peace which Christ hath promised to his disciples, if on my face for thy dear name. October 16th of the same year, 1812, Mr. Martin died at Tokat of a malignant fever. His final entry in his diary is of October 6th. It said, No horses present to be had. I had an unexpected repose. I sat in the orchard and thought, with sweet comfort and peace, of my God. In solitude my company, my friend and comforter. O oh, when shall time give place to eternity? John B. Gow wrote an account of his father who served in the English army that included the usefulness and help of this hymn in his life. It's a compelling story and I want to share it with you. He wrote, During a retreat of the English army, when closely pursued by Marshal Salt, about the year 1809, my father, then about 30 years of age, was a soldier in the 52nd Light Infantry. He had been slightly wounded in the chest, and though his wound was not considered fatal, it was painful and irritating. The army had suffered fearfully from exposure, famine, and the heavy fatigues in an active campaign. I well remember my father saying to me, John, you will never know what hunger is 
till you feel the sides of your stomach grinding together. In that campaign, men, mad with hunger, fought like wolves over half-decayed hoof of a bullock. And often, when one of these poor animals, overcome with weakness and starvation, was staggering as if about to fall, the ready knife was applied to the throat, and the fainting soldiers, eagerly catching the blood in their hands and hardly waiting for it to congeal, made it take the place of food. In this retreat, the 52nd Regiment became, to use the American term, demoralized. And while they staggered on, my father threw himself out of the ranks, under the shadow of a large rock, to die. He could go no further. Lying there, he took from his inner pocket a hymn book, which I have today with all the marks of its seventy years upon it, and he began to read the hymn in which is the verse, When in the solemn hour of death I own thy just decree, but this the prayer of my last breath, O Lord, remember me. He must die, it seemed inevitable, though far from home in a strange land. He was a Christian and endeavored to prepare himself for the great change. Suddenly, a large bird of prey with a red neck growing out of a ruffle of feathers came swooping along, almost brushing my father's body with its wings, and then, circling up, it alighted on the point of the rock and turned its blood-red eye on its intended victim. As my father saw that horrible thing watching and waiting to tear him to pieces even before life was extinct, it so filled him with horror and disgust that he cried, I cannot endure this. It is too terrible. When I am unable to drive that fearful thing away, it will be tearing my flesh. I cannot endure it. He rose to his feet and fell, then crawled and struggled away, till at length he crept into a poor hut found safety, and soon after joined his regiment. Though he was very, very ill after that frightful episode, he recovered. He died in 1871 at the remarkable age of 94 years. This hymn, written by Thomas Hoyce, is a meditation on suffering and affliction, tribulation and persecution. It's a reminder to those who are treading the rough and rocky path that God is with them. And even though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, they need not fear evil. That they can find comfort in his rod and his staff, and even in the presence of their enemies. He prepares a table before them. He anoints their head with oil. Their cup overflows, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their life, and they shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me as well. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, do not be afraid. You have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him.